Good morning, yogis. Some of you, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay. Some of you who were here during the first half have noticed that we um, are doing this sitting a little different than than it was done. So we decided to get the business out of the way first and then uh, let you settle into the meditation and then uh, having that help you transition into the walking that we don't download information at the end of the sitting. And, you know, there's pros and cons with each way. We understand that. So I'll start out with just a couple of announcements. First of all, yay, we all tested negative to COVID. I'm sure you know that by now. <laughs> and the, the reason why um, this works to take off masks is um, our kind of commitment to protecting each other. And if you have any new symptoms, even if you think they're allergies or a cold, please do go to the office and get um, tested. That's how we can um, make this work for all of our safety. And if you're feeling sick, um, wear a mask and be a protector. Part of the uh, precepts are caring for each other. Uh, movement today, just a reminder of those who'd like to do mindful movement, that will be this afternoon. So I'll weave in um, answers to a couple of questions in the instructions today, which are about thoughts, thinking and thoughts. So the other day I talked about concentration and what supports concentration. And uh, I meandered and weaved through a few things. So I thought I would give you the, the, the summary uh, version to help you um, remember. So the first support for concentration is continuity of mindfulness. So that's just stringing together those moments of mindfulness, whether you're sitting, walking, eating, moving around, just having the intention to um, be mindful. Now, you can't control whether you are or not. I hope you know this by now. (laughs) You can't control, but you can plant the seed of intention, and that will support mindfulness. And then you can have little techniques as you move around the day, like, oh, I'm going to be especially mindful this period, or um, I'm going to be mindful when I do this task uh, to help you remember. Uh, The second really big support for concentration is being willing to let go of thoughts, being willing to just put them down be willing to resist the seduction. I, I loved how um, Brian explained it last night, right? There's sometimes, oh, I just want to finish this thought, or I just, I just want to elaborate a little bit on this one. <laughs> but each time you choose to do that, you're, you're, you're choosing um, distraction. And so it's, again, it can't be like, it can't be like... Um, mean <laughs> but it's it's simpler than that it's just like not now okay you'll have plenty of time to think later um and kind of related to that is simplicity so these just remember these three continuity 
letting go of thoughts, and simplicity. Or renunciation, it's sometimes called, but I think simplicity might resonate better. Uh, So simplicity is not bringing in extra new information. (laughs) And this whole retreat is set up for that simplicity, right? Not checking your cell phone, not hearing the news, not um, talking to each other, not looking at each other. All of that is meant to support concentration. So not talking during your yogi jobs unless you need to, for example. Um, yeah, because you know how it is. New information, the mind works it. That's its job, actually. It's supposed to do that. Uh, so as far as we just keep it simple. And then kind of an adjunct. I just want you to remember the continuity, letting go of thoughts and simplicity. But as a little adjunct, happiness is the proximate cause of concentration. Sometimes that might mean soothing ourselves. You know, we need some soothing. The mind's like crazy and upset and anxious. And it's like, what soothes the mind? What brings maybe a little bit of happiness back, right? So that's, that's one more. So there was a question also about my talk about um, noting and narrating. What's the difference? Noting is very simple. One word. So if you, if you get it down to one word, it's not much of a narration, right? <laughs> so just think of it that way. It's just like thinking. In. Out. Reaching. And it's usually used in the ING um, form, the gerund form, to show that it's a process, that it's a happening and not a thing. So we don't say thought, we say thinking, because thinking is what is happening. So the noting points towards what is happening. It's kind of fascinating to see the, the, the different ways that thought manifests, right? So now we're going to move into investigation of thought. So one way to work with thought is you just put it down, come right back to your anchor, and that supports concentration. But thought in um, Buddhist psychology is another sense experience. It's an arising and passing away experience and it's in the, the mind door, is the sense door, and the experience is the thought. And so we can investigate thought as an object of meditation. And we want, we want to understand thought because it's so much a big part of our lives. We want to understand what it is, how we get entangled, how we can let go. Speaking of narrating, um, one time I was working in the teen retreat here, and a young woman came in, and she's like, oh, I'm a terrible meditator. I think all the time. And uh, then she proceeded to tell me about all the different kinds of thoughts she had. She's like, well, there's, you know, kind of business-like thoughts, what's for lunch, and those kind of come and go. And then she said there's sticky thoughts, right? There's ones that, oh, you can barely get out of. It's like they have glue on them, Right. 
And then she said, then there's these thoughts that kind of in the background narrate what's happening. I call those ones the sportscaster. <laughs> it's like, now she's doing this, now she's doing that. <laughs> Some of you will recognize that. <laughs> and um, I thought she was a great meditator because she was really looking at her mind and understanding, seeing like how it was manifesting. So thought's kind of a strange enigma, isn't it? When we're not aware of thinking, it creates our entire life. We make up these stories, and we believe them, and we act from them, and um, it can be so powerful and dense. It can even start wars. <laughs> it's like such a powerful thing, right? But what happens when we notice a thought? What is it when awareness is brought to it? It's a different experience. It's insubstantial, actually, when we are aware of it. Just, there there it was. (laughs) Kind of wispy, right? It's a wispy thing that comes and goes. So it really manifests differently whether we're aware or not aware. That's one of the first things that we we learn as we're working with thoughts. And then we start to see that thoughts, um, they're not so personal. We take them so personally, right? It's like, oh, like if we have horrible thoughts, mean thoughts. Like the other day I said, you know, walking around every house I passed, I had a judgmental thought. That didn't bother me. I didn't tell a story about what kind of person I was because I was judging all the houses I was passing. I could tell you about it because I don't take it personally. It's just like, oh, I have one of those minds that kind of tends towards aversion. (laughs) And uh, that's what it does. It sees problems more than other kinds of minds, maybe. And um, I don't have to make up a story about my self-worth depending on the kinds of thoughts that go through my mind. That's helpful, right? To know that. It's just, na- it's just nature. It's just an arising that comes together because of conditions. Not so personal. I remember one time, speaking of judging, one time I was... Um, on retreat here, and I went through a period of uh, judgment of all the yogis. So whenever I wasn't meditating, I, you know, I'm walking around, I'd see yogis, and I had a comment about everyone. So I'd be like, "Look how loud they're walking! Don't they know that? You know, they should tread a little more softly. Look at how much food they're taking. You don't need that much food when you're meditating. Look at how she's dressed. She thinks she's so pretty." And <laughs> on and on, right? And I was horrified. I was like, oh my God, I'm a horrible person. So I went into an interview with Joseph and um, Joseph Goldstein, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm such a horrible person. I have all these judgment thoughts. You know, he kind of listened for a while. And then he um, said, it's just a thought. I was like, oh, 
<laughs> it was so helpful because what he was pointing towards was non-identification, not identifying with that thought. It's just a thought. And then when I started to relate to it that way, guess what happened? Pure judgmental thoughts. <laughs> because I wasn't in some kind of war and um, uh, reactivity towards the thoughts. And then a judgment thought would come up and I'd just be, oh yeah, okay, it's a judgment thought. And I didn't take it so seriously, so I didn't believe it so much. Right? That's 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 what we're when we talk about freedom with thoughts, this is what we're talking about. It's like not taking our thoughts so seriously, not necessarily believing them. And learning how to not um yeah to not be so attached to them, not be so attached to the drama, right? We come up with so much drama. Um, You know, I had all this drama around other yogis that I didn't need to do. And thoughts are not a problem. We're just trying to learn how to wake up from them a little bit faster, you could say. We need to think. You all need to think at times. (laughs) But we're trying to learn how to um, recognize that we're thinking so we can relate to it skillfully. One question asked about um, thinking good buddy, the the phrase that Pema Children uh, reported that a rancher used. And the note said, is it thinking good buddy or thinking little buddy? I just want to say either one is okay. (laughs) Anything that helps you relate to your mind with some kindness, right? And some levity. We actually get to the point where we can laugh at our mean thoughts. Like, ha ha, look at that one. That was a real doozer. And sometimes we just need thought vacations. That's what I call them. And the mind's just like, I am going to just, I'm off. I'm, I'm taking a break. <laughs> and it just thinks and thinks maybe and just, and I have such space for that. Such compassion for that. Like it's so hard to be present, isn't it? Life is hard. That's my opinion, I'm an aversive type, so, <laughs> but uh, meditation is hard, and so sometimes the mind just needs a break and it wants to think for a while. I'm not saying we encourage that, but I am saying that we have um, space and compassion for that. And when the mind is ready again, the heart is ready again, we'll come back. Maybe even a little refreshed. (laughs) And if thinking is our experience and the mind just wants to think, we can just note thinking. Oh yeah, thinking. Still thinking. And each time you know you are thinking, that's a moment of mindfulness. You can just line those moments up. It's all right if thinking's your object.
about to end up here. It's getting long. Just a couple more things. So the moment of waking up, if you can, appreciate it. It's a powerful, powerful moment. It's a beautiful moment. That moment you wake up from being lost in some world, right, and you're here again. So that's something that we can celebrate. You know, how we often do it is, oh, I was lost so long. I'm such a horrible yogi. And then finally we come back to our anchor, right? We can just say, oh, here now, yay. And come back to our anchor. And then lastly, to know that, um, to just repeat it again and again and again, that we cannot control whether our mind goes off into thought. If you think you're supposed to control that, you are going to suffer. Um, I did a lot my first retreat thinking that. I had that mistaken notion, and I went into an interview with my teacher, and I was complaining about what a bad yogi I was. And she said, you can see the theme, right? I did a lot of complaining about what a bad yogi I was. And um, she just said, you know, you can't control whether you go off into thought. I, really, I looked at her, I was like, oh, I can't? <laughs> I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. She's like, no, you can't. But the moment that you wake up, you have some choice. I say some because sometimes, you know, they're really sticky. They pull you back. But there's a possibility of choice. And she said, all you have to do is let it go and come back. I was like, I can do that. that that's all right. I can. That's doable. Controlling our thoughts is not doable. <laughs> so it's good to remember that. We'll forget it. We'll remember it again. And forget it again, remember it again. So I am going to do, this will be very light, not much talking at all for those who are really ready for silence. I'm that type, that's why I sympathize with those of you who um, may be wanting a little more silence in the morning. Uh, I'm just going to have you do a few exercises while we meditate around thought, if you wish. If if you'd rather not, that's fine. But I'm going to just give you some little experiments to see if they help you understand mindfulness of thought. And, um, yeah, give you an idea what that means. Okay. So if you want, just do a little stretching, just right in place. If that would help you before we settle down to meditate. Yeah, breathe, right? Get some air in that heart, body, mind. So, settling into our meditation posture that's alert and relaxed.
And as I said the other day, we can start our meditation with skillful thoughts that might bring happiness and lightness to the mind, heart. Like a few thoughts of metta. Or tuning into gratitude. How grateful we are that we have this opportunity. Or maybe even tuning into um, that wholesome dharma passion, that love of the dharma reminding ourselves. And after establishing ourselves, with the same openness and lightness, we can connect with our home base, our refuge. Maybe even appreciating it, bringing that uh, that quality, that heart quality. So just for a few minutes doing your usual meditation and then we'll have a couple of experiments. Just give you a few minutes to settle and arrive. And now if you wish, for the next minute, see if you can count how many thoughts arise.
So the higher the number, the better. We're seeing clearly what's happening. And hopefully this helps us, this experiment helps us see that thoughts are arising, sense experiences. So now if you wish, for the next period, each time that you notice you're waking up from thought, make this soft whisper note in the mind, thinking. Just kind of label that moment, oh, thinking, or just thinking. Or even thinking little buddy. (laughs) And what happens to your experience of noticing thought when you add that in? You can continue with the experiment of just noting thinking, whispering thinking. Or if you notice that you have some favorites, your top five hits, you can use a more specific note to help you catch them earlier as the idea to increase your mindfulness of this note. So you might note planning or remembering, rehearsing, judging, wanting. Time thoughts, particularly sticky. And so what's it like to add a more specific note? Now, if you spend a lot of time thinking about what the note is, drop it, just thinking. But if it seems clear, you can use a more specific note.
you can continue with noting thinking or the kind of thought, but this time add in, before you go back to your anchor, consciously relax. So we note thinking, relax, go back to the anchor. Another experiment, when you note thinking, what happens to the thought? Does it disappear, peter out, pull you back in? What happens to it when you note thinking? Or when you notice thinking, if you find the word gets in the way, you don't need to use it.
another experiment. This one's a little tricky, but you can try it. So you wake up, notice your thinking. You can take a very quick glance back. What was it like to be caught in that thought? What did it feel like to be caught in that thought? And what does it feel like now with awareness of thinking? So don't get too discursive. It's just a glance. And then move on. Don't need to think about it. One last experiment. If there is a thought that feels particularly sticky or seductive, just ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Is there an emotion present? And if so, see if you can name the emotion. And notice what happens to the thinking when you connect directly with the emotion. You don't have to go looking for an emotion, but if if a thought is sticky, check that out.
these investigations are ways of uh, knowing thought as a sense object, as an object of meditation. The trick is to keep it simple. Thinking about thinking is more thinking. But if any of these experiments felt helpful to you, feel free to continue to use it. And we'll be silent for the rest of the sitting.
the hermit thrush reminds me of Dhammachanda, that place within our hearts that yearns for mystery and the lyrical and the vastness of beauty. Yeah. I'm going to give you some news from the outside world. Don't worry. It's nothing bad. (laughs) It's about a new trend on TikTok (laughs) that I read about in the New York Times. And you guys have already nailed it. It's called silent walking. (laughs) Already had half a million views. (laughs) It's kind of like wild swimming. I've heard that that means swimming in a lake. Uh, We used to (laughs) we used to call it swimming. (laughs) Anyway, silent walking. What you do is you walk without your um, podcast, no podcast, no music. <laughs> and you feel your feet as you take each step and you sense your surroundings. One person said, just me, myself, and I. <laughs> Ms. Lowe, a content creator, says, I sleep better, feel calmer, and have more consistent energy from participating in silent walking. So you guys are going to be so cool when you leave here. (laughs) You are going to be so ahead of the game. (laughs) So this is a plug for silent walking. (laughs) If you haven't been doing it, you might want to try it so you can be cool. One question um, was about emotions. If emotions arise during walking, how do you work with them? And um, you can just stop and feel the emotion and be mindful of it, just like you would in a sitting meditation. One of the great things about this um, being here is that you can be a little strange, and um, you'll still be normal. (laughs) So you can stop in the middle of your walking path and just feel what's going on for you. Give it some attention. And then when it feels like you're ready, um, start walking again. So if you're thinking about continuity, what that might look like during your day, um, why don't we start now? So one great place to uh, bring in continuity is at the end of a meditation. When you stand up, can you stand up feeling your body standing up? And then walking mindfully at a reasonable pace, considering all the people around you. (laughs) Walking uh, mindfully to your walking spot. Do your walking meditation. And then walk mindfully back to your cushion. Sit down with mindfulness. And just experiment what it's like to have this thread that just... um, goes through all that. Of course you're going to think more while you're walking to your walking place. That's just natural. 
Um, but, but the intention, again, right, planting these intentions that will support the, the unification of mind and heart and body, the unification of um, our practice, our, our connection to ourselves and the world. Another beautiful day for practice, maybe slightly different than the last few days, but beautiful nonetheless. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.